as always, we'll be off stage simply. Thank you. Let's go. This episode is brought to you by Enox Heating and Air, Confidence Barbershop, and Pandemonium Coffee. And welcome back, everybody, to the podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in once more. I uh, really do appreciate it. Thank you guys so much for, uh, as I say, every single week. And, and uh, hope you guys get used to it. For those who still listen, uh, and for all the new listeners, thank you so much, which has been pretty awesome. There's been couple new listeners which that's pretty cool pretty exciting so thank you guys so much um but hope you guys get used to it i'm always gonna say thank you i will never ever not be grateful for the people who choose to listen um thank you so much i mean you guys could be listening to anything else but the fact that you guys choose to support this guy with his crazy ideas maybe not so crazy but the fact you just listen to this crazy guy um (laughs) it means a lot to me so uh, thank you guys, and as always, the day that I become an ultra billionaire, um, or just get rich, <laughs> uh, you're getting tacos on me, for sure. All right, guys, well, here we are this week. Um, super crazy, man. Fresno, you know, Fresno's very bipolar. For those for those of you that don't know, I live in, uh, in case you're not from California, or in case you really don't know uh, me very well, I live in Fresno, California, in the Central Valley. You know, we're in right in the middle Um you know, from the two, uh, you know, you, you have like over here in the Bay Area and then you have like L.A. and stuff like that. Um, you know, we're, we're right in the middle and Fresno's just very bipolar. Um, I think it started on, was it Wednesday? No, it was like Tuesday. I believe. Yeah, it started Tuesday morning at like six. This strong wind all of a sudden just came and I mean, it just got like super crazy cold. And, you know, over the past couple of days, it was a little bit cold, but it wasn't bad. It felt like spring, you know, and then just all of a sudden we got like this huge wind and now it's like freezing. You know, I go to work sometimes at like really early in the morning and I'm I'm out there, you know, I go out and I'm just like, what in the world is this? <laughs> like, but like I said, Fresno is very bipolar. Um, one of the things that does suck about this is the fact that like, my just, you know, allergy season starting. I, the other day, um, I was driving and I started to see that, like, um, flowers are starting to bloom. And I'm like, oh, gosh, this is horrible. So my allergies are starting already. Well, I have year-round allergies. I'm not one of those people that has it just like a seasonal, like just in spring. If that's you, consider yourself lucky. I literally have year-round allergies, and it sucks. It sucks big time. Um, but I always say that there's always an upside to absolutely everything. And the upside is because, you know, I always try to look at the positive side of things. I don't always try to focus necessarily on the negative stuff, but the positive here is the fact that it's not 110 degrees. It's not 105, 107 as Fresno tends to get very hot. Um, and we have that dry heat. We don't have that humidity, which I'm so grateful. We don't have humidity here because humidity is bad. And I've said this like for a very long time, I would rather take Fresno's dry heat than like Florida's humidity or like Texas humidity, which is super crazy. Cause let me tell you guys a story really quick before I get into the subject for today. Um, I remember one time we, uh, we went to Mexico in case you don't know, I'm from Guadalajara, Jalisco. I was born in Guadalajara. Uh, I came over here to Fresno when I was three years old. I've been here my whole life, but you know, we every now and then have gone back to Mexico 
And I remember one time we went to Puerto Vallarta. And I think this might have been like the first or second time, if I'm not mistaken. I, I can't recall. It might have been the second time or maybe the first. I, I don't know. But the point is, we got, to, we got to Puerto Vallarta and it was raining. And I remember I thought like, oh, my gosh, that's tight. It's going to be fresh. I got out. It was raining and it was hot. I was so confused. I was like, what in the world is this? What's happening here? Like, what is happening here? It really was like, it was hot and it was raining. And I had never experienced this in my entire life. It was trippy. I could feel myself getting sticky and sweaty in the rain. Like, I had never in all my years have experienced that. Because, you know, every time it's, it, when it's rained, it's cold. Right. And you have to put on a sweater because, it, you know, it's cold. I, I was feeling hot and I was, you know, it's Puerto Vallarta. It's, 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 you know, there's a beach. It's, it tends to be very tropical in that area. And it was I, I had never experienced that. And like I said, I was so confused. I don't know what in the world was going on. That was crazy. And just the humidity is just really bad. I don't know the last time I was in Puerto Vallarta. It was Puerto Vallarta is beautiful. It's very beautiful. Matter of fact, I have a friend that right now was out there. She, um, she sent me a picture and she's like, hey, man, I'm, you know, you're from Jalisco, right? And I was like, yeah, she goes, I'm actually like here in your in your state. It's so it's, it was it's her first time. And she's like, it's so beautiful. And I was like, yeah, Jalisco is so beautiful. And I know I've said this very jokingly, but I, I know that God has a, a big place in his heart for Israel. That's his people. But secondary, it's like it's not even the, the Gentile community in general, which is all of us, but it's it's Jalisco. Jalisco's very close to God's heart. It's it's very beautiful there. The food's incredible. The weather's amazing. The beaches are nice. Just the food, the music, the culture, everything. It's just it's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. So I love my Jalisco. So, but yeah, the humidity was. That's only a little downfall. Humidity was bad. But Puerto Vallarta is nice. Guadalajara is beautiful. Of course, my San Martin, Hidalgo, Jalisco, where um, you know, where we go um and stay there. And when we do go to Mexico, it's just it's it's beautiful. Jalisco is just uh, amazing. Um so yeah, it, it's absolutely beautiful. But yeah, going back to the whole weather thing, Fresno is very bipolar. And I know soon uh it's it's gonna it's gonna be hot. Summer's around the corner. I mean it's it's gonna it's gonna be bad. I'm not I'm not quite looking forward to it. But um you know what? So I'm enjoying, I'm enjoying this cold weather because I love the winter. I actually love fall and winter much more, especially winter. I love cloudy days. I love when it's foggy. I love when it's raining. I love when it's cold. Like I love it. And the thing that's crazy is I actually feel much more alive and much more creative when it's rainy, when it's cold, when it's cloudy and stuff like that. I know some people say that they get depressed, um, you know, maybe because of lack of, you know, because of lack of sunlight and vitamin D and all that stuff. And, and I get it. I, I can see how but like for me personally it's crazy i actually like i said i feel very creative i feel very alive very yeah just, just i feel alive is i feel creative it's i think it's awesome i i love it and in the summertime i mean yeah you get to enjoy you get to go out do things with friends with family and all that stuff it's beautiful but i tend to be a little bit more cranky because i'm like oh guys it's so hot you know like it it's much easier to put on a sweater and feel warm and feel good and drink a you know um a cup of hot coffee hot chocolate tea whatever you like then it's like, oh my gosh, it's so hot. And then you don't feel comfortable. Like I remember um, a couple summers ago, I remember I had a, I, I got up for, I don't know what reason. I got up and it was like two in the morning and I, and it was, it was so hot. And I looked at uh, my phone. I was like, man, what a hot it is. And mind you, it was two in the morning. It was like 80 plus degrees here. And I'm like, what in the world's going on? The sun's not even out. Like what in the world? It was, it was horrible. It was just, <laughs> it was so bad. 
Um, but that's the Central Valley for you. That's Fresno, California. Very bipolar, very hot. Um, but it, it's, you know, it is what it is. And that's, this is where we're at. This is where God has us. So we, we, just, we get used to it. So like I said, for the last time, I'm enjoying this weather before the hot weather comes. So um, that's what's going on right now. And just, you know, life's, like I always say, life ain't perfect. Uh, there's a lot of things that I wish were in the right place and I'm, I'm working slowly towards those things, but you know, life is beautiful. And I'll always say that. At least I hope I always say that life is beautiful. Life's not perfect. Maybe life is not intended to be perfect, but life is beautiful. It's, it's such a joy to be able to live life. Even if life is not perfect, even if life will perhaps never be perfect. Perhaps in, in this life, there will be more unanswered prayers and then there might be more no's, more closed doors in life. But it's all about enjoying the ones that have opened. And I know it's all about perspective. And, you know, I don't say this like as someone who's an expert in this because I'm human and, and there's things I'm frustrated about and there's things that I struggle with and there's things that I wish were different. Um, but I'm doing my best to enjoy uh the beauty and everything. And I hope you do too. For you that are listening, I that's my prayer. I hope that you do too. I hope that you and that you take on that perspective. Cuz I don't know where your life is at. I don't know what's happening. Maybe you're just like me that there's some things that are just not in the right place. That maybe you are not in the right place. That maybe you are frustrated about some things. But I hope you can take on the perspective of seeing that there are some beautiful things in his life like for example let me give you guys just a, a very quick example before i already spent like nine plus minutes talking about <laughs> weather and allergies and my beautiful jalisco now you know but i will get to the to the theme so just bear with me um it's crazy how again if you if you focus on the on the little small things like life will just feel like you will feel joy well so it comes from Christ, but you will feel happy. Like you, you, you know, you can have a beautiful perspective. Like, let me tell you guys, um, for those that know me, know how much my nieces and nephews mean to me. Like, I love those kids with all of my heart. I don't have any kids of my own, but these kids are like my own. I feel like, like I feel so protective over them. I love them so much, you know, and God knows how much I pray for them for, you know, for their little hearts, for the, just for their protection, you know, just, I love these kids so much. And they, they're like, literally like my world. Like I, I love being around them. I love being an uncle. Being an uncle is one of the, like, of course, perhaps it doesn't compare to perhaps being a parent, you know, and I'm, and I'm not a parent. For now, I'm an uncle. And and getting to hear them call me uncle, they don't call me, them. well, all of them, they don't call me tío, they call me tí, which I think is funny. It all started with my Mila, um, you know, uh, that's my brother's uh, oldest, and that's like the first one. And, you know, it all started with her, so they all call me tí, which I, I love it, you know, and I love hearing that from them. Like, I love I, I just love being their uncle. I love it so much. Now, I have a little small tradition. Um, it's a personal. But yeah, okay. <laughs> every Sunday, I give them their domingo. For you, in case you don't know about Mexican culture, you know, every Sunday, you, you know, you're given a, uh, your domingo or your allowance, if you will, or just something just for you to, you know, some money for you to have. So I, I remember when I was younger, I used to always say, like, you know, man, the day, you know, when the day comes, I either have kids or, or I'm an uncle. Like, I want to build a tradition with them, and I want to give them their domingo. And that's going to be something that's personal between us. Because I remember growing up, uh, one of my cousins, I remember she would go and she would pick me up with her son. And she would take us to the store. And I remember she would buy me a Sprite with a bag of, uh, of 
regular, well, no, it wasn't hot Cheetos. It was just a regular, like, you know, uh, the Cheetos. And I remember the first time I tried Ruffles, it was because I went uh, some, and Funyuns, which Funyuns are underrated. Funyuns are amazing. And if you don't like Funyuns, I doubt it you're making it to heaven. I just got to say that, okay? Um, but I remember that, that memory. Like, that was so awesome. Like, she, I remember when I would see the car coming up and, and her telling my mom, hey, I'm going to pick little Jairito up and take him to the store. And that's something I remember, you know, and I remember, like, I wanted to build that same thing with them. So that, like, the day that I'm gone and, and when they get older, they might say, like, man, do you remember when our tea every Sunday used to give us give us our domingo? And, like, you know, I don't know, just that little small thing. So it's 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 beautiful. But I remember one time um, I was having a very bad it didn't feel like a bad day. It felt like a bad week. It was just, you know, a lot of things just piling up. A lot of things just, just wrong. Uh, and I remember I, I was, I was sitting down and now, you know, all the family were gathered together and, and, you know, I really wasn't talking about what was going on as, you know, back then I was a little bit more like that, you know, as men, you know, being real, we don't really talk about our problems quite too much. I know women tend to be very more vocal about the problems as men. We tend to, you know, um, kind of keep that under control we really don't like talking about it that was me now i've gotten better at like addressing some stuff and talking about in case i don't something's going on you know just talk about it but at that time i was just like yeah i was you know holding everything in and it was frustrating and i was really just just i was i was bummed out i was it's just you know it's just one of those bad weeks as we all tend to have every now and then and what made me feel good wasn't, it wasn't a, a, a spiritual moment. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't nothing more like an angel came down and said, Heido, you're going to be okay. It was nothing like that. Literally, it was my little Mila. She came up. Um, she looked at me. She said, Ti, I love you. And she gave me a kiss on the cheek. That's all it took for like everything that I was going through just to like, like I forgot about everything and and I remember, I, I, and I almost choked up. I almost cried. Like, I almost started crying. And I was just like, oh, my gosh. Like, and I felt like that was, in a way, God's tender way of saying, like, son, like, you're going to be okay. I got you. Here's 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 a little thing to calm you down. Like, you're going to be all right. Just trust me. But here's, everything's, everything's going to be okay. And everything did turn out okay. But it was just, you know, that changed my perspective of thinking like, oh, man, life's tough and, and life's, you know, everything's not. And I was frustrated. And here came this beautiful little innocent girl and just came and just sweet, tender, beautiful as, as she is. And just came and just, just told me she loved me. Gave me a little kiss on the cheek. And like, I was just, that was crazy. So, you know, that that s supports my idea of like life is beautiful if we look at the look for the right things. Like life is very beautiful. So. I could talk about this forever, make a whole entire episode on this. And I relax. Like, we're already 14 plus minutes in and <laughs> this is just the intro. So here we go. Um, if you listen to a last, uh, the last episode, I talked about, you know, physical health and how I had already dropped a hundred pounds. Well, it was, it was two episodes before already. You know, I dropped about, I talked about, whoa you know, losing a hundred plus plus pounds and, you know, just how I decided, you know, to take control over, over my health and everything, because, you know, we aren't getting any younger, we're getting older. And as men, you know, looking, looking at it, um, you know, we have the most heart problems, you know, more cancer and, you know, all, all of these problems. And it's just like, you know, like you have to get, you know, my life in check and I have to, you know, get healthy. 
because my future depends on it. Like I want to, I want to live long enough to see these kids grow up, to see them graduate from school. Even though the little, you know, Mila and Luna are never ever going to have a boyfriend until they're like ninety, but that when the day comes that they get married, um, you know, I, I want to see that. You know, there's things, goals I have that I want to see them come through, uh, come to pass. Sorry, and you know, I can't do that if I'm not healthy. So, you know, the, so it's important to take our physical health. Um, serious and start to take steps to to be healthy that's very important because as i've talked about in episodes before you know i really do feel that one day we're going to give account to god uh, if you're a believer uh if you're not a believer bear with me here but if you are like i hope if you are a believer i hope you take this to heart that i truly believe that one day we're going to give account to god for what we did with our bodies and normally whenever we talked about whenever we hear that we need to you know um you know protect our bodies and we always think about it in, in in sin like you know don't get tattoos don't put makeup or it depends what organization you're from you might hear like a set of rules but you never hear like that you didn't eat right that you didn't try to get enough sleep that you didn't try to get enough water you know get some sun get some vitamins or you know again eat right like you you hardly ever hear that preach like hey you know if you don't take care of yourself you get, if you get sick because of something that because of a lifestyle that you chose like you know if you started eating a lot of processed foods and you get sick like whose fault is that and i remember feeling convicted that i can't go to god and say god why did you allow this when it was like no that that's one of the few things in this life that we can control is our is our what we put into our bodies like that's one of the few things that we can actually control so we can't we can't say like, oh, someone's to blame. No, like it literally falls upon us to make good choices about our health. So that's very important. So I talked about that and it would be quite crazy if I only focused on that and I didn't talk about being spiritually healthy because that's that's way more important than being physically healthy. Because I'll say this, I would rather be physically incapacitated than be unspiritual than be spiritually dead because what's the point of looking like a jay cutler or looking like you know some very fit you know uh athlete that only has like 0.6 body you know body body fat percentage on their body like you know just very toned and you know just whether you're male or female like you're very toned you're just you know you're athletic and you know you you look good you're healthy and all this stuff like what's the point of looking like that if you're spiritually dead if, if, if you're if what really matters is not healthy then what's the point so you know th there has to be a balance between the two we have to take our physical health serious but more importantly we have to take our spiritual health serious now in the words of paul i'm saying this not as someone who has attained it as someone who is perfect as someone who you know is going to be considered a saint because also in the words of Paul, well, you know, Paul said like not as someone who, you know, who has attained perfection, but, you know, we strive for that. We, we continue to push forward, you know, trying to walk in holiness and, and, and honoring God with everything that we do. We don't say it as someone who has made it because we haven't. We're still running the race. We're still pursuing every day. We struggle every day. We, we do our best. That's me. Um, and also, like Paul said, you know, he said he was the chief of sinners. I think I already beat him. You know, I think he falls short of me because I am I am the chief of sinners. I failed so much. I follow my face so much. And I constantly have had to come before God and, and say, God, I'm sorry. Like, God, I failed. And please help me to, you know, to not deal with these things or to not continue to fall in the same hole. Like, please help me to, to be wise, you know. And 
you know, that's I, I, but I fail. I failed God so many times. I have failed him so much, but the fact that God still remains faithful to me, um, even though I've been unfaithful to him, like that's, you know, like that, that's incredible. So spiritually, we, spiritual health is very important. It's very, very important. And I'm going to give you guys just two quick examples, two, two principles that I've actually adapted in my life that has allowed me to continue to try to be spiritually healthy. Obviously, there's been some times where I have been spiritually sick. There's some times where I've been, you know, spiritually healthy. And, you know, it's it, it, it's a battle. It, it's really a battle because we have a sinful nature. We have this nature that that just, you know, our inclinations are for sin. That's what we want to do. You know, we want to sin. It, it's part of who we are. It's part of our nature. Sin comes so easy. You know, so th there is that battle between wanting to please God and wanting to please our flesh. And there's times where I have actually fed my flesh more than I have fed, you know, my my spirit, my soul. Uh, but, you know, th there, like I said, there's these two principles that I have held very closely that have allowed me to in a sense, still be spiritually healthy or be very close to Christ and do my best to pursue him every single day. So here they are. And they're going to be very brief. They're going to give very quick examples. And I hope this is something that you can take into your life in case you're not doing this. And if you are doing it, awesome. But if you're not, like, I, I hope that this, you know, this is something that you can take with you. The first one, it's keeping Christ first. That's that's been so important for me to keep Christ at the center of absolutely everything in my life. Now, let me say this, not a version of Christ that benefits me. Not, again, not a version of Christ that benefits me, but the Christ that is described in Scripture. Like That's the Christ that I want to follow. That's the Christ that I try to pursue. Let me give you an example. Nowadays. Uh, and I've seen it, you know, as someone who tries to always keep uh, an eye out on, you know, on what's going on in the Christian evangelical church. And, and Paul talked about this, you know, in the, in the last days, there was going to be false Christs and there's be all these false teachers that were going to rise up, you know, that that are going to be tailored to fit the desires of people who their desire is not to please God. In, in other words, that's what Paul was saying. Like, there's going to be preachers that are going to rise up, that are going to tickle the ears of these people because they want to hear something. They want to hear a version of Christ that suits their sin. And, and that's the Christ. If you look closely, and I can give some examples, but that'll be for another time. Um, there are clear examples of, 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 of preachers that preach a Christ that suits and benefits like sinful, their, their sinful desires. And that's horrible. That's horrible. That's not the Christ of the Bible. I mean, you can take some passages and, and, and twist them to, to support your idea. For example, I know I have a friend who's an evangelist and I remember one time he went to go preach out in Arizona and I had, you know, um, uh, the pleasure of being able to pick him up from the airport and take him home. So when he got out, you know, when when I picked him up, he was hungry. I said, "Hey, bro, let's go eat." We went, we ate, and I, and I wanted to hear, you know, like how was it? And he told me some, and he told me some very great things. But the one thing he told me that still stays with me, and and it hurt. He said that there was this one. So I don't know if we can call them preacher, but let's do it. That there was a preacher there in Arizona that was actually preaching that Christ had not resurrected. That that wasn't true. When he said that, one, I got angered, and then it hurt because I was like, yo, then then, then why are you even preaching? Because the Bible's very clear that if Christ did not resurrect, in vain is our faith. It's in vain everything that we're doing. 
going to church, reading our Bible, praying, fasting, uh, being in fellowship, singing, worship, every, tithing or giving offering, whatever, every evangelizing, everything that you do. If, if Christ did not resurrect, in vain is absolutely everything that we are doing. So what's the point? In other words, what's the point of, of being a Christian? What's the point of Christianity? Because if Christ did not resurrect, we have no faith. There is no gospel. There is no salvation. What, what there is, is we continue to be some wretched sinners without an opportunity at, at salvation, at hope, at heaven, at Christ, or, or a reconciliation with God. Nothing whatsoever. And the fact that you have these preachers who, and that's just ridiculous. That's, that's so anti-scripture because the Bible is very clear that Christ resurrected. And it's not even just the Bible. We have secular historians, H.G. Wells. One of my favorite quotes is from H.G. Wells. And this, this is a man who's, who was not a Christian. because you know, He passed away. This was years ago. He was not a Christian. He was a historian. He himself said, I am not a believer. And you can, you can look up this quote. He said, I am not a believer. But one thing that we can give, give credit to the Christians is that this poor penniless, penniless preacher truly indeed, truly indeed did live and so he was born, he lived, he died, and he resurrected. He said, I'm not a believer. I don't I don't believe in I don't believe in, in, in you know in Christianity, but as a secular historian, as sorry, as a historian, the one thing I could say is that this person, Jesus, truly did like he you know, he was born, he lived, he died, and he resurrected. That's a secular historian backing up our belief, this fact, this truth that Christ did. Live and that he did that he died and that he resurrected. So there, there's hope for us because Christ resurrected. If Christ didn't resurrect, it would be just it would be ridiculous. There'd be no point to all of this because we wouldn't have a, a shot at at salvation whatsoever. And Christ would have been fake. He would have been just another another guy who said he was Christ because there's a lot of them out there throughout history. There's been a lot of them, but you know Christ proved that he is the Messiah. That he is the one that came to die on behalf of humanity for our sins. Like that's, that's true. So, you know, going back to it, to what we're talking about, like, you know, I tried my best to follow a Christ that doesn't suit me. Matter of fact, Christ himself said, you want to follow me? Do you really want to follow me? Okay. This is what you need to do. You need, you need to deny yourself, pick up your cross and follow me. That's what Christ calls you and me to do. He does not call us and say, you know, just, just walk with me. And every now and then, if you want to, if you, you, you know, walk away and you want to do whatever you want, that's fine. Then you can, you can come back with me after. Like, no, no, no. He says, look, if, if you want to follow me, you need to deny your sinful nature. And I'm going to help you. Like, but you need to deny that. You need to pick up a cross and you, and you need to follow me. That's the Christ that I have always tried to keep first. A Christ that not necessarily suits me. But it's a Christ that I need. That's what's important. Hope you catch that. It's not the Christ that we ought to follow. It's not a Christ that suits us, that suits our, our desires. But a Christ, a Savior that we need. Because that's what it comes down to. We're sinners. And we need a Savior. We need someone to heal us from this disease known as sin. We need hope. We need peace. We need joy. We need love. We, we, we need all these things. We can't get them from anywhere. We can get many versions of them that are temporary, but we need something that lasts forever. And because, I mean, because Christ resurrected, we can find that in Him. 
Plus, Christ himself said, you know, that he was leaving, but that he was not going to you know, abandon us. He was going to send us a helper, but also he was going to prepare a place for us. He was going to go prepare a home for us so that we might be there with him for all eternity. But it takes something, it takes our part to follow that Christ. And let me tell you, as much as I have tried to put Christ first, there's been some times where just like in every relationship, and I know this perhaps is going to, some people is going to be like, what? Seriously? Yeah, I'm being honest. There's times where I have disagreed with Christ. It's been hard to follow him. It's been hard to say, yes, Lord. It's been very difficult to say yes to him at times. It's been so hard. There's times where God has called me to do some things that I did not want to do. I was not comfortable doing them because it went against the way that I felt because of the way that I, the way that I thought it needs to go this way. And, and, and Christ was like, no, no, that's, that's not what's best for you. Like, follow me. And I had to once more deny myself, pick up the cross. And it's funny. And it's funny. Cause you know, of course I, it's talking about like the beginning of a journey, but how many times did we ever drop the cross? And Christ is like, Hey, uh, you need to pick it back up. Like, follow me, like, pick it back up and, and, and let's go. You know, because I mean, let's be real here. We're not perfect. And every now and then the cross gets a little too heavy and we drop it. And Christ is like, oh, okay, hold on, hold on. Uh, pick it up again. And let me tell you this, as difficult as it has been to, to follow Christ, because it's been difficult, it's been rewarding, but it's been very difficult because again, he's a Christ that doesn't suit my desires, but satisfies my soul. And to this day, Christ has never let me down. The things that he has removed from my life, which have been painful at the moment, I can look back and say, you know what? I'm grateful he did that. I'm grateful he did not allow that to happen. Like, praise God that that's the case. Praise God that that's the case. So once more, he is not a Christ that suits us. He is a Christ that we need. And we need him. We need him like big time. We need the Christ that scripture defines for us that tells us this is who he is not the version that we want him to be because then now that becomes an idol i remember mark driscoll one of my favorite teachers and as, as controversial as he is and nowadays there's you know I, I i i tend to listen to him sometimes but i feel like he's gotten too political and you know obviously nowadays politics has has taken over everything i'm guilty of it which by the way i'll take i'll take the time to say i'm sorry if in during that stage where I was very political, have offended anybody in case you're listening and for some reason you're listening and I offended you with an idea where I was very political, like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. You know, the fact that I allowed politics to be more important than the gospel, that's something that I've had to give an account for. I've had to apologize and fall flat on my face and ask for forgiveness. And that's, it's, I'm sorry. I mean that from the bottom of my heart. Hope, hope you guys know that I'm serious. Like, I'm sorry if I offended anybody with, uh, you know, with politics. Because it's so divisive. Back to Mark. Mark, I feel, has gotten very political. But then also you have just some preachers that, that are not. So I'm grateful for the preachers that are maintaining, that are faithful, that are true to the gospel and to the gospel alone, to Jesus and Jesus alone. No politics. Um, but I remember Mark Driscoll years ago actually did a series, um, burning your bobblehead Jesus. 
And I love that series because he talked about that, you know, this is a manufactured Jesus. It's Jesus that we create that suits us, that benefits us. And he's like, no, you know, we have to burn that bobblehead Jesus. Get rid of him because that's not real. It's a Jesus who just, you know, bobbles his head and agrees with you at all times. Like, yeah, okay, that's fine, son. That's fine. I still love you. Go ahead. Do whatever you want. Like, no. And the thing that's funny is that, you know, we wouldn't allow that in a relationship. If you're in a romantic relationship, like you would not allow... Uh, whether it's a woman to man, man and woman, like you wouldn't allow your 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 partner to be with other people. You wouldn't allow that. That that wouldn't. That's not that's not love. Like you know that's that's you just going around being with everybody. You know, and your person. Like no, like love is is you know it's about being exclusive. Like just just to, you know it's excluding everybody and just that one person. Like a relationship is only that one person. So I was like, you know, we have to be faithful just to that one person and. Uh, you know, and that's the Christ that, that once more that we have to follow the Christ that scripture has perfectly defined for us. And, and that leads to my second point, keeping scripture very close. One of my favorite verses, actually, it's found in Psalms 119 verse 11. It's like this. It goes, I have stored up your word, your word in my heart that I may not sin against you. Once more. I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Psalms 119 verse 11. And I always kind of uh, made a connection with like, that's almost like, you know, when you have your savings, right? You know that when, when time gets a little hard, you know, times get a little hard, you got you to make some payments and you're like, oh, man, oh, luckily I have savings. I've stored up enough savings to help me get through the tough times. That's the same thing with scripture, like storing up scripture in my heart that, that, knowing that when time gets times get tough and they do because you know Christ himself said that in, in this world we will have affliction we will face difficult times like coming to Christ does not mean that it's going to be easy it means that we're going to face some difficulties that we're we're going to suffer we're going to cry but Christ has has already overcame and in those times did you ever notice that and I'm sure maybe you've ever gone through this it's happened to me where life gets difficult, instead of coming closer to Christ, it feels like it, we kind of drift. We tend to kind of drift away because we're hurt. You know, we're hurt, and, and there tends to be a separation from Him. In a, a quick example, in in my own personal life, I remember one time I was driving in the car. That's why I was jokingly said that the day that the rapture comes, my car's going, because that's been a place where God has talked to me the most. And, and I've said this a lot of times, that my most intimate moments with God have not been in a church service, have not been in a prayer uh, service, anything like that. My most intimate moments with God have been either in my room or have been in my car. That's the time where I just, I sometimes I'll talk to God and I just be like, God, like, I don't get it or, you know, anything. So I remember I was listening to the song Burn For You from Toby Mac, and he was like, and the words are, you know, I want, like, why don't you move me like you used to? I want the world to know I burn for you, right? And I remember the song was going, and I remember I was like, I was like, yeah, I was like, you know, God, like, why don't you move me like you used to? Like, God, you know what, like, why is it, you know, where's the fire at? Why aren't you? And, and, and God's quick but gentle but very stern response was, well, why don't you search for me like you used to? And I remember, like, I almost stopped my car. I remember I even turned off the, the music, and I was like, I felt so ridiculous and I was like, yeah, like, man, God, like you're, you're so good. And, and I remember hearing Ravi Zacharias say this too, that, you know, if you ever wonder like where God is, if you ever feel alone in, in life and you know, you, it's, it's not easy and you feel like, okay, you know, where's God, you know, think back, where's the last place you left him at? 
Like, wh- where is the point that you like started to walk away? Because you know he's a, he's a good shepherd. He leads us, but there's sometimes where we get in front of him and we and we deviate. We take down the wrong path. And Christ is like, okay, well, son, I'm I'm, I'm gonna be here. Like, you know, if you want to come back, like I'll be right here. You know, and and that's that's happened to me so many times. You know, when life gets difficult. But I'm so grateful for Scripture, because it allows me to to still remain faithful, at least do my best to remain faithful to him. I think I might have, yeah, I've shared this story a couple of times. The pandemic, I remember when it was like the first, maybe like first week and a half that they said like, you know, there's, there's, you know, there's this virus going around and everything. And I remember saying that there's going to be food shortages. And I was like, oh, it's the news again, being the news, always trying to scare us. And I was like, I'm ridiculous. I remember I went to the store and I was like, the store that I always go to. And, you know, I said, I'm going to buy my stuff. I need, I need to eat. I'm going to go get some stuff. I went and the stuff that I needed was not there. And I remember I started to panic. I started to trip out. And I was like, you know, I'm chubby. I need to eat. <laughs> and then I started to think like, what are my parents going to eat? What is my sister going to eat? What are, you know, my, my brother and he, you know, he's got a wife. He's got kids and, and my sister and her husband, you know, like what's going to happen? Oh my gosh. Like, I started thinking about some friends and like I was just, I started to, and I started to have like a panic attack and I was like, you know, and I couldn't find anything. So I walked out, I walked out and I was in the parking lot and I was just like, I was like just completely tripping. And all of a sudden God in his, just his tenderness and just his, God's so good. I remember I just felt like, I, I felt like that kid that's in the cold, you know, that it's cold and doesn't have nothing to cover himself and i just felt like this little like god put a little blanket over me and, and i thought about the verse like it came to my heart once more and it said and the peace of god that surpasses all understanding will guard your heart and your mind in christ jesus man that panic attack left so quick it left so quick and i said you know what i'm gonna trust god god's going to provide and up to this day god has still provided like God has not stopped providing. He's still faithful in the midst of a pandemic, in the midst of everything. And as difficult as that year was, like God still remained faithful. And his word was true. That's why I always go back to scripture. And one of the things I love about the Reformed uh, believers is they have five solas. And one of them is sola scriptura, scripture alone. Meaning that if it's in the Bible, we believe it. If it's not, we don't believe it. That's very important because, again, the Bible perfectly has defined for us, has already defined it for us. And it's not up for reinterpretation. It's defined it for us, who Christ is, what his will is, what he wants from us, and what what awaits us and what awaits us if we don't follow him. And, you know, like it has already outlined everything for us and has already has defined it all for us. So there is no room for interpretation at all whatsoever scripture is scripture sola scriptura scripture alone and nothing else it's not about my interpretation it's not about how i feel how i interpret it like how i want it to sound no if the bible said that it's great it's great if the bible said that it's black it's black if the bible said no the bible said no the bible says yes the bible says yes simple as that like there's there's no way around it and one of the things that like really really trips me out and really bugs me out is, for example, on the topic of healing. Now, let me start by saying this. I, I truly believe that God still heals. I truly believe that. I believe that God still heals. 
God's in the business of doing that because I've seen it. There's times where God has healed me. I've seen people. I've seen God heal other people. It's it's a thing that does happen. All right. I I, I truly believe that. But there's some people who define God's goodness by what He does and not by who He is. That's why I have an issue with those who push miracle signs and wonders. Now, I believe in them. I'm not a cessationalist. A cessationalist is someone who believes that the gifts have ceased. I truly believe in them. I believe that the spirit, I mean, sorry, that, that uh, the gifts are still there. But if, if my definition of how good God is, is by what he gives me, by what he does for me, then he no longer is Lord. Now he's, a, he's, he's my genie. He's a slave to me. He's a slave to what I want. And that's not the case. I'm matter of fact, I'm a slave for him. I'm a servant. I know that's a bad word to use, especially in the year 2023. You know, but it's like I'm 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 laying my life down for him. He is Lord. He is God. Like that's who he is. He doesn't have to do anything for me. God's goodness is not defined of what he does. He really did absolutely everything. He sent his son for us so that he, you know, so that we might have a chance at, at, at a relationship with him through Jesus, our mediator between between us and God. Like, you know. God already has done absolutely everything for us. So if, if God never chooses to heal again, he still remains good. And like I said at the beginning, there's perhaps going to be more closed doors in this life. There's going to be more no's being told to us. You know, but God continues to be good. That's who he is. And also for the people who like, you know, the, the again, that the, the push all of this, like, nah, man. Because there are some times where God closes his hand. Where God doesn't doesn't do any of that. For example, right now I know there's that big revival that's happening at that college. I think it's Ashbury, I believe. You know, and and praise God. Now I stay tuned for next week because I actually have something I'm gonna talk about when it comes to revival. So please stay tuned for next week. Um, but you know, and and, and awesome. Praise God that that's happening. But like this, you know, and I'm not saying that 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 God doesn't pour out His Spirit because He does. But you know, what's gonna happen when when there's when that when that ceases, right? When, when that little revival that's happening there, when that ceases, okay. But what happens when it calms down a little bit? Like, are are, are people still going to remain faithful? Are people still going to pursue him? Are people still going to be as on fire, you know, when there is no miracles, the signs and wonders? Like, are people still going to say God is good, or are they going to begin to question it because there's no there's no signs? Because again, God's goodness is not defined by what he does. God's who God is, our worship unto him is defined simply by who he is. You see it in Revelation 4. You you see that, you know, that worship unto him, like it, you know, they're saying holy, holy, holy. They're not saying like, oh, you, you know, you 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 healed, you healed my leg, or you healed this disease, or like you restored this, or you restored that, or or I got a big fat bank account, or you know, I got a new car, like the angels aren't singing that they're saying holy they're describing who he worship is describing who he is which is also why i have another issue i have a lot of issues with certain things in the evangelical church um as protective as i am there's a lot of issues that i have one of them is 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 worship the songs that are that are sung and i remember hearing this quote i forgot who said it is like you can tell you can tell a church theology by the songs that they sing and there's some songs that are centered around us how we feel and not sent or centered around what God does for us more than centered around who God is. And that's bad. That's bad because then, like I said, God becomes a slave to us. And the moment that he doesn't bend to our will, our, our allegiance to him starts to get kind of shaky. 
And that's not good. So keeping scripture very close to our hearts so that we might not sin against him. So that when life is not perfect, we can still say, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. You know, he's life's not perfect, but he's leading me beside still waters. I'm, I'm walking through the valley of shadow of death right now. It's tough. Like I'm, I'm losing everything. Everything's crazy. Nothing makes sense, but I'm just passing through. My shepherd is leading me. Regardless of how difficult it is, we're following the good shepherd. We're denying ourselves, carrying a cross, and we're following him. And we're guarding, we're storing up his word in our hearts so that we might not sin against him. That's what we're called to do. That's the two things that have allowed me, that have helped me to stay faithful to God. Again, that hasn't always been the case because I'm human and I have my ups, I have my downs. But let me tell you, the one prayer that God has always answered, I remember as a young man praying and saying, Lord, help me to view you, not through the lens of religion, of an organization, but help me to view you through the lens or through the eyes of a man who is in desperate need of needing to know who you are. Like a man who's in a desert and is searching for water. Like, I need that real water. I don't, I don't need this fake stuff. I don't need a, a, a fake version of it. I need something that my body needs. Give me that. Like, that. that's what I want. And, and that has been my pursuit for him. Like, Lord, help me to view you that way. Like, through scripture, through how scripture defines you. Allow me to always remain close to that. And I may never deviate from that. And that's what God has been so faithful to answer that prayer. Now, I invite you today, you who's listening, I invite you to examine your spiritual health, to examine, you know, how, you, how you're doing, how are you spiritually, and I hope if, if you're spiritually sick, you may come to the good physician and watch him heal you. If we could just deny ourselves, surrender ourselves to him, carry our cross and follow him. And trust me, it's worth it. It's very much worth it especially because as we're seeing life is not getting easier life is getting difficult and we need the comforter we need our savior you need your savior we need him now so that's it for today guys thank you so much for listening i'll see you guys next week where i will touch on some points on what i think about revival stay tuned see you guys next week and share this episode with someone all right see you guys next week later